Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Happy Aloha Friday. Welcome to Talking Pictures. This is your host, Paul Booth. As always, we are grateful for you to join us. Today we're going to be joined by film director John Hill um, from the San Diego Film Festival. He had a film in this year and last year. But we'll jump into all those special details. We're also going to be joined by our podcast producer, Jim McNulty. Um, some of you have heard us doing episodes on Ang Lee. And we did one on Mike Nichols, Milos Forman. Uh, we did one on Elizabeth Taylor. Pretty soon coming up, Gus Van Sant, which ties into the first San Diego Film Festival that I covered uh, four years ago. Um, had a Gus Van Sant tribute. Great on on almost famous block party, superb event. Uh, we're here today to celebrate. We're going to talk about the Chris Brinker Award. Uh, we're going to talk about just the event as a whole and experience it through a filmmaker's eyes. Um, this is one of uh, we're probably going to do one, probably two more episodes about the San Diego Film Festival. So you're going to want to stay tuned. This is an awesome festival that takes place last weekend of September into October every year down in the Gaslamp and La Jolla district. Uh, we have Knights of Stars and uh, the festival host is uh, Mr. Jeffrey Lyons. The co-host is Ben Lyons. And it's always a good time. I can't stress that enough. This is uh, probably tied for first or my second favorite festival of the year. I only say that because Newport Beach is my hometown festival, so I think anyone uh, relates to their hometown. So it is not to say what festival is better or not. Um, as we wait for the podcast host to come in, we're going to be reviewing two different films, a short film titled Highway, which played this year at the festival, and The Wolves of Seven Hill, which played last year, and picked up the Chris Brinker Award which is created in honor of beloved director Chris Brinker, Bad Country, and Boondock Saints. This award is given to a first-time director not afraid to push the envelope in the cinematic world. Uh, we give a shout-out to Chris's wonderful sister, Brea, and to Sandy, who helped us meet them. Uh, meet them. Uh, last year, I had uh, the good fortune to interview Mr. Tom Berenger for Bad Country. Such a great experience. And these are um, these guys have a commitment to helping younger filmmakers, and I think that's the most important part of film. It's not about uh, feeding ourselves, our egos, uh, collecting our plaques and statues. It's about how can we uh, generate and help other artists. Uh, with that, the San Diego Film Festival um, is something that. Uh, I saw two films this year. I talked about them in the last episode, so please check out San Diego Film Festival Part 1, uh, Kidnap Capital, which we're hoping to have as a guest. We're working out the details, and No Greater Love picked up awards. Uh, very fortunate that the two films I saw picked up awards. Both worthy films dealt with social issues, examined humanity. Um, since we're waiting here on the podcast producer... Um, I'm going to throw out a recommendation of something that I saw last night that I know most people have seen. This is off of the film festival chart for a sec. Um, but I suggest you go back and watch it to 
simply pay attention to the acting performances and the use of music, and that's Johnny Cash's Walk the Line. I have to respectfully say it does not matter if you don't like country music. It does not matter if you don't like biopics. It does not matter if you don't like this, the some of the crazy stuff that goes on in the film. Uh, it is a just really wonderful film with powerhouse Oscar-nominated performances by Joaquin Phoenix. Of course, the lovely Reese Witherspoon picked up her Academy Award for this film. Um, it had beautiful cinematography from Faden Papa Michael, who uh, shot The Descendants and Moonlight Mile with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Dustin Hoffman, Susan Sarandon. And then, of course, Sideways and the Descendants with uh, uh, Alexander Payne. And sorry if I just repeated it, Nebraska got him his Oscar nomination also with Alexander Payne. So Faden Papa Michael, um, I uh, the good fortune has been passed to me to interview him for a film magazine once. He's a great guy, a treasure troll of stories, very mellow and calm. So I recommend Walk the Line. Go back and revisit it again. I didn't like Johnny Cash at the time, and I loved this film. Uh, so today I will read you the synopsis of Highway, since we're going to jump into Highway, and, and um, we're just waiting on the caller here. Um and then Wolves of Seven Hill will have the director explain more because it's one of those films that's just great and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it, what exactly it's about. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Highway, nothing is more ferocious than a woman who's been rejected in love. Meet Phoebe and Ruth, one person's insanity is another person's reality. Um, hold on a sec. Podcast producers calling in. Uh, welcome, Jim McNulty. Are you with us? Yes, I'm with you and looking forward to it. Excellent. Uh, everyone, this is our podcast producer, Jim McNulty, and today is a first for Talking Pictures. Uh, Jim and I have done five or six episodes where we... Uh, discuss, educate, or borderline ramble about our favorite film directors. And uh, this one is going to be our first time co-hosting a guest. Uh, we both were able to watch Wolves of Seven Hill, um, and we're going to be able to jump into this. So with that, because I've already pretensed everything else, uh, Jim, Wolves of Seven Hill, before we get the director on, if you could... Uh, Please share your review. Tell us what you thought. And again, everyone, this was the 2014 San Diego Film Festival Chris Brinker Film Award, uh, awarded for a film that first time filmmaker that pushes the envelope. Jim, take it away. Okay. Uh, I watched the movie twice. And what I found is I liked the fact that the, the action was really taunt as were the emotions. I mean, they were really impactful. And uh, I liked, I really liked the way the actors just sort of let it out there. I mean, they they just didn't hold back. 
and sometimes uh, you see a certain thing that is done in a film actually by one of the the actors, and I found the woman who played the the wife the and the child uh, you know further into the film that sort of wrath that she was as she uh, appeared to Sean. She uh, she was really perfect as a wrath. She did something when she was uh, coming very close to Sean and telling him that she was going to be with him. You know, she wasn't going away, which was a threat. But the actress, you know, went in close with him and the camera went in close with the two of them. And she was, her eyes were so unfocused and almost just rolled up into her head, which visually, because this is a, you know, it's a visual medium. It was for me, she almost wouldn't have had to have said anything. Just watching what she was, you know, putting out there, it just can't, I can't get it out of my mind. And I, you know, I was just, whoa. Thank you, hon. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, there's definitely, got... some very, there's definitely some very powerful imagery. I mean, my, if I was to explain this movie, I would explain it as, as intense. And then, of course, the acting is superb. Um, there's multiple great qualities that we could get into, but we know when the director comes on, we like to uh, definitely jump into more of the making of, but um excuse me yes the all of the performances were superb whether it was someone who was in a scene for 10 seconds or it was someone who only had three or four 15 second scenes um that was what i really admired about the movie that's what stuck out for me was uh there was two actors that are known not al pacino known but they are known you will see them and say hey that's the guy from and I liked how the actor didn't over. I liked how the director didn't overuse that. He let them serve the yeah. story. He didn't. Um, that's. I think that's the ultimate plague of filmmakers these days. Is they want Bradley Cooper, so you don't have to care that the movie stunk. You can just say you saw Bradley Cooper. And this guy took uh, uh, John Hill took actors and put them in their elements and let them do their thing. And and that's what I admired most about the film. Yeah, I, I really liked and admired the way the tension was just set up and carried through and then gradually increased and then would take a jump in intensity, which is like, you know, is that keeping you a little bit off center, off balance? Uh, just, it really involved me. Kept me there. Oh, yeah. The, the change in intensity was another great thing that we'll, dis that we'll definitely discuss with John so we don't give away too much or we let him kind of guide with us. But there was that great... Um, I think of The Departed, where The Departed just kind of grabs you by the throat and, you know, chokes you out till the final credit. Um, yeah. Or there's those yeah. films where you're expecting a romantic comedy and then 
20 minutes into it, a car runs over the woman, and now it's about a husband dealing with his, you know, it reminds me of a place in the sun. Um, yeah. To where a, a tone can just hit that midpoint of the script and literally drive off the cliff. Um, so what I liked about this film was it was kind of like, uh, almost like a roller coaster ride. It was almost like, but but I guess on a roller coaster ride you know a dip is coming up. But um, it just seemed to go and uh, not let up, and not in a condescending way, or not in a look we have you way, but just uh, you know here we are, and this is what we're gonna be. And yeah. that's a no. tough thing to do as a filmmaker, let alone a first-time filmmaker. So I really um, appreciated the film for that. Um, and some of the... Um, I thought the cinematography was really great, too. I mean, no, not in a derogatory way. It obviously wasn't a $5 million movie. I thought they did some really great things with... Uh, uh, with what they were able to do. And again, that's not a derogatory way because that's the famous critic saying of, oh, you did great for the $6 you had. Um, I, I just thought all around it, it it worked on a lot of different levels. Yeah, yes, yes. And and that's, uh, that to me, that is rare. I mean, I, I think we find films where we you know, could have went without the costumes or we could have went without the extra 15 minutes or, uh, you know, there's a danger in picking a film apart too much. But uh, this was one of those films where I, I kind of felt like it grew on me. Um, oh, okay. The, yeah, like it... it I knew it. I the whole time I thought it was good, but I kind of felt like you were saying the intensity and the waves of the intensity. I kind of felt like it was my analogy would be playing poker. Like the director went, "Oh, I see your bet, and I up you a dollar." Yeah. Okay. And okay. then you kind of went, "Well, hey, this this might not go anywhere, and he might blow it respectfully because we're all filmmakers. We all learn." Um. But he didn't, and so that's what I really liked about it. So I'm really looking forward to getting him on the phone here to talk about editing and shooting and and innovations. Um, is there anything well, else you know, that you wanted to, wanted to add in? Yeah, it's I really appreciate the fact that the arc of the film was, you know, the intimacy of it, the intensity of it wasn't driven by a car chase. You know, a big, uh, ex big explosion. Uh, oh, sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. He's calling right in, and then we'll continue with that thought. So you okay. were saying car chase, just one sec. Welcome, John. Are you there? I am. How are you guys doing? <laughs> excellent, excellent. We were just we were just wrapping up a part of the review where. Uh, John, uh, meet our podcast producer, Jim Nolte. Jim, meet uh, John Hill. We were just discussing, John, uh, Jim's making a point of how he liked how your film didn't rely on car chases. So uh, go ahead with that, Jim, before we jump into speaking to John. Yeah, no, I... John. Oh, Hello. 
Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. The podcast producer's phone dropped out. Call right back. Um, He was making a mention of how he liked seeing an action film that didn't uh, fall back on those tricks. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, is Jim? Is, so is Jim? Jim? Jim got cut off, I guess, huh? Oh, wait, oh, oh, hold on. He's calling. He's calling right back in. Here he is. Uh, Jim, you there? Yeah, John was going to address. John was going to address the yeah. card chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Jim. Yeah, uh, how are you, Jim? How are you, Jim? <laughs> hi. How are you doing, guy? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you guys getting a chance to see the movie and so forth. So you were saying about it's just a different. Um, a different style, so to speak, you know, instead of the yeah, yeah, it's you got you got the intensity, you know, emotionally and you know with the action without having this big char- car chase and some of that stuff that is used so often nowadays to create tension, to create right. an emotional reaction. What's interesting about that is, you know, we've had, you know, we've had success and we're incredibly grateful for it. And I think because of the nature we made the movie, I think it was the intent of going out and making a movie. And we had to kind of think more and shoot less. And, you know, what is it we could, you know, not only afford, but what could we kind of tell in a story with, you know, with some, uh, you know, some, you know, a compelling through line and story and so forth. So we got a chance to talk, which is really interesting in regards to this note. Um, We got a chance to talk to a, you know, some producers and stuff regarding the film and things of that nature. And they wanted to do a, they wanted to do a, an edit and add in what would be considered a chase scene to give it more of a, um, you know, more of a, uh, 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 a genre driven kind of action movie, so to speak. Cause it, it, it may come across as that kind of movie, but I mean, as you've seen the movie, it certainly isn't. It's a, it's more of an emotionally driven uh, story yeah. with uh, with very complex characters, <laughs> very complex. Yeah. yeah, no, the the it really was. I'm so glad that you didn't have to add in the car chase because you really succeeded at get, in getting that you know that taunt uh, feeling that just pulls you in and carries you along. That so many people you know rely on the big car chase, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that, you know, obviously, too, when you're going out and shooting a film, you know, how, you know, how can you uh, sort of orchestrate that? And how can you make it unique and original and and also thematically uh, a part of the story? I don't think that these, yeah. these the two leads are not about on the run. They're about standing still and not confronting themselves. So yeah. a lot of the, yeah. I would say a lot of the sort of uh, emotional uh, 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 conflict is really internal within these two characters and how to, you know, yeah. how to come to term, you know, how to, it's not really coming to terms. It's really kind of facing oneself and, and, uh, in their past, so to speak. Yeah. That, well, you know, the, the things that, uh, I watched, uh, highway and I had a sort of a hard oh. time getting on my equipment because it kept, uh, it kept reloading and, you know, doesn't matter what the glitch was. But what I did pick up is there seems to be a theme in both of them of the, you know, protagonists up against or what's going on here, the difference between reality and uh, illusion or unreality. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah, no, I think and, that's true. I mean, this was this was a this was based on a short play, and uh, we got a chance to uh, by Ann Wooler. We got a chance to. It was called uh, Traces of Memory, I believe, and it was read in a in a theater class that I'm in with Bobby Moresco, and uh, the two actors, Tiny Cornelisi and Louise uh, Martin, got a chance to read it. They brought it to class, and and it was really compelling and really interesting. And they approached me afterwards to uh, consider maybe filming this. Actually, Bobby opened it up to the class. To, so what? You know, you know, it's like, what do you guys think? Do you think this should be a play? They should do it on stage, or you know, should they maybe do it into a short film? And, and uh, there was a lot of questions. You know, uh, you know, they, they opened it up to the class, and, and I was thinking about it. And, and, and uh, Tanya approached me in regards to shooting it as a short. And we had a small window this summer in which to do it. And, you know, what I liked about it was these two characters that are sort of, you know, um, you know, they have these two issues that they need to confront themselves individually about their, these, you know, this, this, uh, you know, this uh, event, I wouldn't say event, but their actions, I should say. And, um, and they need to kind of confess to one another what they did. But I, but I found it compelling to maybe make it, you know, the same person, so to speak, as if she, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. So, so it's if she was kind of talking to herself, confessing to herself what she did, like she couldn't believe what she just did. You know, she yeah. just had more, I would say more than a nervous breakdown, <laughs> but, but, yeah. also to do, but, but, but also to do it in a way, guys, it's so easy. You know, I mean, you know, when you get, you know, it's so, it's so the challenge I'll tell you right now to get music and to get, not, I mean, if you can get, I don't want to really kind of use songs to really kind of drive the action and so forth, but to use you, to, music is a very, it's half the deal in film. So using music is a, is a way to kind of obviously connect emotionally, but also connect uh, in a, in a, in a, with, uh, with the story, so to speak, in a character driven way. And I think with these two characters, the way we put in, you know, um, Edith Pia's song and we put in the, De- the Dean Martin was an afterthought, but I just wanted to, it's like, you know, I, I put in, you know, uh, Ain't That a Kick in the Head. I, I, I wanted to put in a song at the end that sort of g- gave it a little bit of, like, uh, uh, just kind of a wink, kind of, you know. I just, you know, I didn't want to make, because of the nature of what one of the characters did, I wanted to make it so horrifying, so to speak. Yeah, uh, well, because, because it is horrifying and that you have that kind of, you know, I wasn't making light of it, but it's also a person who really, you know, kind of went off the deep end, so to speak, you know? Well, yeah. Can I thank you for, for saying that? Because, uh, you know, I know that the, that the music is there, you know, it has a purpose. But I my, I wasn't aware until you said that of how well that supported things. It wasn't obtrusive. It didn't say, you know, suddenly, you know, this is... Uh, uh, a Beethoven, you know... <laughs> Right, Big right. Something. It, it did support it. Well, and that, well, uh, well uh, for me as a filmmaker, I mean, I, I, I don't want to glorify certain images. I want to be able to, you know, you have these sort of, you know, a counterpoint music or image. And, you know, I'm very interested in the form of film and the construction of film. And I think that there is a through line to a lot of my films and my screenplays and, you know, there's a lot that goes on within the internal life in which to show visually, and that's, I think that that's what I'm exploring at this point right now in my career, you know? Yeah. So, and this afforded that, too. Highway was a film that I 
that I, uh, you know, I really thought about in terms of construction of images and, you know, how to make it, you know, a compelling short to potentially maybe expand into a feature, which is some thought. But uh, I really think that the music, you know, is, uh, it's, it's, it, again, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's half the deal in film. So, and it's, and it, to me, it's one of the most challenging, to be honest, to get the right music, to get the right tone. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not always easy. Let's say, let's say that. Well, I like where yeah. you, I won't say where, but I liked where you used, um, uh, tumbling dice. Oh, right, right. No. Yeah, that was a nice little touch. And I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, songs can make, I, I mean, I, I, it bugs me to always go back to Goodfellas, but I think that last 25 minutes, when you turn the sound off, that movie makes no sense. But with the Gimme Shelter and all the different crazy songs, and even just the little one-second blues riffs by Muddy Waters, it makes you go, oh, I understand everything here for the next 10 minutes because I know that Muddy song. So I I also appreciate it, too, how you use that music. And um, I think that can kind of lead us into some of the you know, back to Wolves with the, um, with the editing. And I did, excuse me, I just did read out of the, um, excuse me, out of the program, what the Chris Brinker award was. But before we jump into Wolves, if you could tell us what that was and kind of like what that was winning it last year from, because I always think the filmmakers experience is better than the program. So yeah, that was uh, it was just a, an amazing experience. San Diego Film Festival with you know the programmers and the volunteers and just that environment is. I mean, it's a world class film a film festival and 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 we were just so grateful to be there. We, you know, we got an opportunity to, um, through some interest, uh, actually through Jeffrey Lyons to to uh, submit to the festival, and we were in the process of editing. We were really in the middle of really. Uh, we weren't, um, we were really in it. Let's put it that way in the editing. And then we sent off a rough cut to Tanya Mantooth, who's one of the, uh, uh, who's one of the, uh, main programmers. And she was in, I believe she was in Buffalo working on a project. And I sent her the, uh, I sent her the rough cut and she got a chance to see it. And she was really, uh, excited about the film and wanted it to be in the festival. And we got, you know, got an email in regards to that. And we were just, so ecstatic and so grateful and and we we just really you know we we then we really put you know then we worked our tails off to get it you know in shape and um so in terms of getting in the festival was just it was such a thrill for us everybody involved the cast and crew and i got a text from stephanie insco in regards to that i was nominated for the chris brinker award and interestingly enough i um I met Chris uh, many, many, many years ago at a screening for Boondock Saints out here in L.A. This is uh, just before its release, and, and it's, uh, it was being shown, I believe, to maybe some executives over at Fox. Um, so I went with some friends, and after the screening, um, I was with some friends outside, and, you know, it was just a really kind of a moment in time where, where Chris, I was with some friends. I was wearing a Red Sox jersey. You know, I was wearing a Carlton Fist. Red Sox jersey, and he came over, and just and yeah, exactly. And uh, he uh, he he was just really kind. What'd you guys think? Thanks for coming out. 
And, 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 you know, I introduced myself and, and we talked for a moment and it was just a, a moment where as a young screenwriter, I, I was just inspired by what, what they were able to accomplish in, in making that uh, level of filmmaking film and in, in, in the filmmaking of it. And, uh, and then many years later, here I, here I am, you know, uh, go, you know, uh, going to the San Diego film festival, uh, being nominated for an award, um, you know, in honor of Chris, who is, you know, just, just, just really just, I just don't have any words in regards to, I just feel so, you know, just a sadness about his passing being so young and so talented. And, you know, it was just a really, uh, he was just a, he was just a really, he was a really good man. And, um, and so when I got the, the, uh, the information with Tanya, I mean, with, uh, with Stephanie, uh, I, I didn't know what that entailed. I, I, I we went to the uh, the uh, the uh, the variety sponsored uh, night of the stars and the awards night, and then when Tom Berenger woke, uh, uh, walked across the screen, I walked across. He did walk across the screen because that's all I was looking at was his image walking across that big screen in that theater, and um, <laughs> and he was talking. He was, uh, you know, he they actually had all the filmmakers, the first time filmmakers, stand up in the audience. And uh, I remember uh, 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 Suzanne Willard was kind of poking me. You got to stand up, stand up. All right, I'm standing up. Stand up. So um, when he came out and he was presenting the award for in in uh, in honor of Chris, uh, you know, he spoke on Chris's behalf, and then he he started to speak a little bit about um, my attributes, so to speak. And then, oh my gosh, guys, I got really my heart was pounding. I was like, this is not happening. And I got really, really, I just, I, I almost, I was close to being legless because I, it was totally unexpected. Um, and, and just being in that environment, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was just, I, I was just, I was, uh, I, I was, I was thrilled. I was thrilled. And I, and when I was walking towards the stage and walking, you know, you know, just kind of, you know, they had Alan Arkin and, you know, Bo Bridges, they had all these great, great, uh, artists and and uh, and and uh, talent filmmakers and and uh, as I was walking towards the stage and going up and then seeing Tom there and uh, and then I just I honest to goodness I, I to this day uh, he just looked at me just you know he's very generous and and I just I kind of I just in some ways I kind of emotionally just kind of I don't know what I said I just know that it was from my heart and. Uh, and uh, it was very emotional for me. And then I remember walking across the stage afterwards, and I turned to Tom Berenger, and I was just like, "Look at him, like, you know." I just, uh, I just asked him, like, "I, I don't, I, I don't know what I said. How, how was that? Was that okay?" And he just was so sweet. He put his arm around my shoulder. He says, "That's great, kid. That's the way to do it when you're not prepared. You know, when you just go out there <laughs> and just, you know, tell it from your heart." And then, and then yeah. you got a chance, Paul, to talk to him, and he is that way in person, and. For me, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I had a little, I was a little starstruck, you know, seeing, seeing Tom Berenger. I mean, I mean, uh, he, in his own right, is, a, is an icon, and, and he's such an amazing actor and has been in, you know, films that'll, you know, stand the test of time, obviously. And, but he was just, he was really, he was just, he was just really kind, and he was really generous with his time. And talking to me afterwards, you know, um, you know, outside, uh, outside the auditorium, and he was just generous with, with his wife taking pictures and things like that. And I wasn't even sure to ask him, like, Tom, is it okay if I get, can I get a picture with you? You know, we just, you know, we just <laughs> have the award. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? That's how, that's yeah, how yeah. I felt. That's how I felt. And, um, and I think the response, too, from the cast and crew was also special because they were really, they just kind of, they went airborne when, when my name was announced. And, um, and um, you know, it's, and again, I don't, I don't, I, I think it's, you know, I think that the San Diego Film Festival is, is it's, you know, it, 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 being a part of that is to be inspired and to pay it forward, I think, you know, to go out there and continue doing what you love and go out there and being creative. And I think that that's, you know, obviously entails everything that Chris, Chris stood for. And, uh, and, and his, and, and his, also his family too. Uh, I've stayed in touch with, uh, uh, Bree and Laura and they've been nothing but just incredibly supportive and, and, uh, you know, kind and, and, and just terrific people. And, you know, so I'm, so it, it's, it's just being a part of a festival like that. You stay in contact with the people that, you know, that are part of that festival and you meet filmmakers that, you know, you stay in touch with and, and things of that nature. And, and it's, it just, it keeps you inspired, you know, and I think that's a huge part of making a movie that it has its own challenge and it's really, it's, it's, it's not easy guys, you know, it's making a movie. It's like, you gotta be, you know, you're kind of shooting for the moon to an extent, you know, oh, um, yes. particularly, making, <laughs> particularly making features. So I think that whole, you know, um, you know, that whole experience really kind of revived me, to be honest, and uh, because uh, it, it's making films and it's just, you know, it's just not easy. That's all I'll say. But but I think that if you are inspired and you have something to say, then, you know, you can't can't do anything but, you know, go after that. If you want to call it a dream or you want to call it, you know, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, if it's something that you are compelled to do, which I am, and I think that I've always been that way. That you, you know, you have to, you know, you have to go after it. You got to go for it. So, I, I call it the uh, lovely insanity. And with your, uh, with this win and what it was for, um, and definitely, if there's anyone to launch you onto a a new path of inspiration, it's uh, Mr. Berenger. The one quick thing I'll say is is like you knew, and for anyone, if you ever have the chance to meet him, this doesn't mean go up to him when he's eating dinner with his wife. Um, he right. is a guy who, if you watch Platoon, and you were as scared as anyone is watching Platoon, uh, to prove what a good actor he is, he could not be farther away from that or further. Right. And that right. is what is so enjoyable about him is that he's there to inspire you and appreciate that he's been inspired. So since this award uh, was given for uh, innovations, uh, first time director, I want to ask you about innovations and then Jim's going to ask you about some of your influences, but um, sure. without setting out to, cause I don't believe uh, the way you're talking to me, I don't believe you're a filmmaker who says, Okay, guys, let's make this film. I have this script so we can win an award and meet Tom Berenger. Yeah. So, so yeah. where would you feel there was innovations? Um, and again, without being personal, uh, that worked, or maybe innovations you tried that didn't work that you've been able to learn from now that you are are done with the film and are are a year or so away from it. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, for us, we, you know, making the movie was, uh, we had a script called Days Full of Night, 
and then uh, we the, the process in making this movie was about you know let's go out and make let's write a story that we can that we can you know uh, you know I wanted to be able to use sort of influences from um, I'm, I'm I'm highly influenced by many films but point point blank. Uh, John Borman's film, 1966, was a film in terms of the the style of the editing that kind of led itself economically for us to shoot a story such as this with these two friends. And I wanted to make a film about an event that happened in their childhood that they had to confront as an adult, and that they've never really dealt with these issues, you know. And it, and and it kind of kind of grew from there, so to speak. Um, so I would say I would say. You know that the, the the stylistic the storytelling of the the uh, Point Blank was a big influence, and then obviously the Limey became another one, um, Steven Soderbergh's film, um, that became a big another big influence. Which you know they have a very similar kind of attitude, and that's how I look at it. the attitude of the movie, the way that it is expressed through the the, uh, the images. Um, so for us, we you know I I made films since I've been a young kid, and I. Uh, I uh, introduced that element into the screenplay with Super 8 movies and things of that nature, where it gave it kind of its, you know, it, came, it gave it its kind of time and place and kind of fingerprints with these guys, with these two lead actors played by Brian Scannell and David Cooley. Um, so it kind of took off from there. We had a script called Days Full of Night, and we ended up changing the movie because we felt uh, we felt we needed a, we needed a, we just we we. We, we we talked about it, the producers, uh, David Cooley and, and Sean Allen and myself, and I just felt like it needed another title. I, th- I felt like Days Full of Night really, we just needed, we needed something a little bit stronger. And I felt like, could we put in a place, you know, back in where, where, the, where the characters grew up, where I grew up in Boston. And Savin Hill came to mind, and then Sean wanted something in regards to, like, the look of the character, like a wolf or something. And in any event, he, he you know, we just kind of strung those together and, you know, the wolves of Savin Hill and, so, you know, for us, it was, it was, it, we, we, we couldn't really, we couldn't really, I don't know if the word afford the, the original script, but it, it, it's a really interesting lesson about having, having the time to be as economical as possible to rewrite scenes for the actors once you get to know them and to be able to shoot in certain locations that would kind of lend itself, um, maybe give itself a little bit stronger value for the internal character. Um, and and so I think that it by by shooting it in a way, the editing, the the attitude of like point blank and the limey, and sort of uh, cutting back and forth in time, and uh, uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. And um, I think for this type of story, as well. And 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 you know, uh, it, it was the ending was very different in the screenplay. And once we once we started editing the film we were able to kind of realize what it is that we could maybe, you know, consider as a alternative ending. And certainly that, that became the ending that is in, uh, that is in wolves. And, and uh, we, we feel real confident with that. Um, the interesting thing now is with this film in and of itself and the version that you guys have seen, uh, good grief, because of the economics of some of those, that music, we had to, uh, we're, you know, swapping out, uh, certain music that we can, you know, uh, basically afford and, and, uh, have in the movie. So we went out and, 
and got a hold of some great music. One of them being uh, one of the, uh, which is really great, uh, with uh, Dropkick Murphys. Uh, we, we were very generous in uh, lending us a song for 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 this, uh, you know, leaning towards distribution and things of that nature with their, one of their songs. Um, and so, where are you? We understand if you're not allowed to say because we're. Uh... All the producers on the show, we also make films, so we know the deal. Are are you allowed to yeah. say where the film's headed next? Do you have a deal yet? or is is? We've got a couple more film festivals we're waiting on, and then we're, what we're okay. doing is we're doing a little bit more editing because of the nature I wanted to. I've been working on other stuff. Everybody else in the pro, uh, movie is as well working on different things that we want to be able to. There's a few moments in there that we want to look at, and we want to be able to put in the new music and uh th- things like that and we want to be able to we got to start moving towards distribution we've you know i mean this is to an extent it's it's everything is kind of changing and it's all new so in terms of distribution you know we know we have a nice, we have a very good movie we've got a great appeal with the cast the type of filmmaking that it is and the type of story and genre that it is so i think that in terms of distribution we have to start moving towards that and start, you know, um, getting that up and running. And, and that's something that is certainly what's, what's next for us. So that's kind of well, where we're at. Well, uh, Jim, uh, if I, I would like Jim to go into, cause Jim, well, both of us, but Jim especially mentioned the acting to me, but before we go into that, Jim, if you could just briefly, uh, please feel free to plug the next festivals because we have listeners in States all over the country. So, we always love to throw that out there. And then, Jim, you can go into talking about what you thought of the acting. Well, right oh, now, please. I know we've... Oh, oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead, buddy. No, no, no. You go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say that we've got two... We're we're going to submit to Sedona, which is a very big... You know, it's a big festival in Arizona that's coming up. I think it's in February. And I think that that's probably going to... We've kind of wanted to, to submit to that festival and... Um, and uh, there's another one, which is a small but a reputable one, a newer festival in Boston, which is uh, Sean O'Shea Film Festival. And it's in honor of a filmmaker uh, uh, in Boston that is run by some great programmers and film festival um, uh, programmers that, that, that do, do a couple other film festivals there. But this one really appealed to us, the nature of the... Uh, you know, the environment in honor of a, a filmmaker. And I believe that's coming up real soon. I think it's like, uh, it's, it's coming up right around the corner and we sh- we're going to find out like within the next day, you know, um, which is, you know, which is interesting because some of the festivals you may submit to, you know, they may, you know, they may have a, you know, a certain selection, a certain type of movie. You just, you never know. Um, you know, uh, they may, you just never know. Yeah. That's, you know, festivals are, a, it's a, it's an interesting uh, process uh, submitting and so forth. So the type of movie that you have, the appeal that it may have to the programmers, um, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, when we submit, it's out of our hands. Uh, you know, we try to let the film stand on its own, obviously, and it, and it should, and then, and, and we see where it takes. So. Well, good. Well, good luck with that. And please let us know. I tell every guest, um, when you get into a festival, even if you just want to call in for five minutes and say, hey, we're playing X, Y, Z, please let us know or drop me an email and I'd be happy to announce it. Uh, we always want to continue to support the guests and make them want to 
not make them, but I hope that they feel comfortable to come back and share their work. Um, so with that, yeah. I was I was blown away by the casting and the acting, but it was Jim who who really brought it to my attention when he had watched it a day before me, and he was just like, "You're gonna love the acting." So Jim, what would you what would you like to say about that? Well, actually, it's quite simple. I love the acting. <laughs> I it, yeah, that, you, that that process. How did you find the people that? Uh, you know, that you knew were going to work. Well, I think it was really interesting. I mean, it goes back to, you know, from, you know, starting a film, basically. David Cooley was a, is a good friend of mine. We both went to Syracuse together. He was in the film uh, theater department. I was in the film department. And we met up years ago out here in L.A. And, and uh, he wanted, he just, you know, uh, really a generous and real talented actor. He wanted to to have a, uh, you know, he wrote something that he wanted to have a reel for, you know, uh, uh, scenes for his acting reel. <clears throat> and we got together and we talked about maybe writing something with a, you know, uh, uh, we got together and started mapping out ideas and things of that nature. And, and uh, what, what evolved into that was a screenplay. And once we had a, we had a first draft, we brought in, you know, friends that we knew basically. So I knew Kurt, and 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 uh, and and Brian and Paul Carafotis and and David knew Jack McGee and Michael Massey. So we all and and Susan uh, Suzanne Willard and I knew. So we knew and we knew all the the uh, the, uh, the 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 we were like you know a degree you know a call away from a friend to come in to do a reading. So once we got an uh-huh. assembly of a first draft, everybody loved it. They absolutely adored the movie. They were like, when do we do this? I love this role. Um, it's really interesting because, you know, being on the set with, like, Jack and watching his process and, and Michael and, and Kurt was amazing. And uh, and uh, But they obviously, you know, they came in basically for a day, and they wanted to do more. You know what I mean? They wanted, you know, they, they wanted to, you know, they they wanted to, you know, how do we expand this role and so forth, which is which is very flattering, so to speak. And uh, we had a, an amazing time working with them. But I also, with somebody like, with, with uh, Megan Davis and uh, Tanya Cornelisi, they play sort of these these sort of uh, ghosts that haunt uh, Brian, so to speak, you know. He's, uh, yeah. you know, in downtown and his guilt and his all this kind of. But, uh, but um, Tanya's really an interesting uh, story because I, um, you know, I got a hold of uh, uh, Tanya because of, uh, you know, a couple of phone calls, but, um, um, but, but also, but also, you know, with Tanya, she was working, she was working, um, she, uh, Nicole Haddad was playing, uh, Paul Carafotis' wife, and we were shooting this scene with Paul and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and Nicole, and, uh, I was mentioning to her during a moment where we were setting up lights that I was shooting this other scene, and, you know, I mentioned what it was, and, she just mentioned him, you know, say, well, you should get a hold of Tanya Cornelisi. And, and I, uh, I called her and I, e- I emailed her and she was working on a biopic on Pele in Brazil. And, you know, uh, she texted me back and I sent out, you know, I sent the scene and she, you know, she was thrilled to do it. And she, you know, was really excited. And I, you know, you know, getting, getting opportunity to work with somebody like that, Tanya and everybody for that matter. Um, so we just kind of, it was always somebody that was involved with the, uh, the cast. It was at the reading or somebody knew somebody to bring him in, made some calls. We didn't do necessarily any auditions. 
I mean, Jordan uh, Van Braken, Van Braken, the the young girl, the the, the daughter. She was a kind of a, she was definitely a find from just through some friends. You know, she was just in a, a young young kid's uh, acting class, and uh, you know that uh, we got a chance to talk, uh, made some phone calls, and her name came up and called and talked to the mom and sent over the you know she said they sent a reel and I said she's terrific. She came in for the second reading of the play uh, uh, table reading and. So it all worked out. I mean, it was it was really kind of in house, is what I'm trying to say. We didn't really do any auditions, so to speak. Um, I felt you know I felt very confident with uh, with everybody that was uh, you know um, coming in to read and uh, and uh, so that was that was kind of that was definitely uh, you know uh, uh, it, it was an amazing process to be able to have that you know to to to, to work with everybody and and uh, so effortlessly. That's how I felt with the acting that it was effortless and how we all worked together. Um, you know, I always say it's always on the page and I allow people to kind of, you know, you know, walk through the scene and find these moments, these happy accidents, so to speak. So there was a lot of moments that was, you know, I really, uh, within the acting, it's just, you know, the opposite of that, so to speak. So kind of find those moments and, you know, it's you and the other actor or actors and, and, uh, you know, let's all find it together. You know, the moment we're not looking for a result in the scene, you know, and I'm not very, I, I'm kind of, you know. Um, not in the result business, certain things come up when you cast it, you know, when you cast it right, something magical happens. And I believe that. Yeah. So, so acting is really when you're casting, even though we did this in, I wouldn't even say, you know, I had a, I, I had a confidence about the actors once we had the reading and, and they expressed the interest to play this role. And I said, let's do it, you know? So, so needless to say it all, it all worked out. Yeah, can I, I'm going to jump in on that. What I'm hearing from what you're saying is, since it, you know so many friends and friends and friends were there, and the connections that were made, sounds like there was a certain amount of comfort. Uh, you know, it, and stra- I feel strange saying the word comfort for a movie that was so intense. But that's probably what helped. And you know, I think that you. What you did and who you had probably gave them the the comfort and the safety to just go as far as they did. That's awesome, um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that. I mean, we we certainly have a sense of pride about the movie for the for 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 the simple reason is that we didn't start off, you know, that we were going to do a feature. It's just it's just that it, 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 it came about, we shot maybe about 40 minutes of it. We showed it to a, to the majority of the cast members and they were really impressed by what we put together and they wanted to, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. just because of the economics and time and scheduling and, you know, and all of that, you know, so we, we kind of, we, we, we kept rewriting it and, you know, we shot it over a period of time, a day here, a day there. And uh, we looked at what we needed in terms of what we could, you know, the physicality, location, and and scheduling, we looked at, you know, what what was what was needed for the, you know, for 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 the film, and so, you know, to to have the actors come in and again, you know, to 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 do the kind of, you know, work that they they achieved, which was truly brilliant, and so I, I you know, I mean. And it's, and it's, you know, accumulated over time a meeting being, you know, as you guys would know, you know, you meet people and you say you want to work with that person, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, that's, 
it's it's a it's a it's a big foundation on you know creativity is your you know that collaboration and people that you meet and you want to work with and you know uh it keep you keep in mind you know their their you know uh, casting and their uh, ability level you know for for projects so i mean once i got acclimated with you know the actors sort of you know i call it a pulse you know in the actors how they work you know i started to write for those particular actors um, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I don't think you can lend that self, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of a, it certainly was an unorthodox process to an extent, but you, you know, it's, you know, it's like painting, you know, you don't, the, the colors that you're choosing and so forth, you don't know what you're, 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 you know, you're working on until you kind of step back and step back even further and then further than that is and in, in, in what, what you've created, so to speak. So, um, you know, it's definitely was in the moment type of acting, um, and it was certainly, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of John Cassavetes and his style of acting. Um, you know, there's always that trying to find that, that, that the story and the through line in the story, but, you know, I think that, you know, the, you could tell a whole life in, in a close up of a, of an actor's face. And, um, I think again, with this was really trying to tell the internal life of these characters and how to tell it visually, you know, um, in a, in, you know, in a, in a visually arresting and compelling way. And, um, you know, because we, again, we couldn't afford nor, you know, the story didn't lend itself towards car chases and things like that. It was, you know, it's a very much an internal movie. And uh, so I think in terms of everybody's, you know, support on the film, they were, you know, once they got a chance to see the film and they would just, it was, it was, it was amazing. They let's, you know, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And their enthusiasm too, obviously inspired us to, you know, continue to create, you know, um, you know, something that you know can stand the test of time so well i like that you mentioned yeah. cassavetes because the uh a lot of people i mean i'm very young um but i uh, another aspect of this show is we like to have we love when filmmakers mention an an older film or an older actor and of course cassavetes to younger generation is so much known as the director but and not known that he had this extensive acting background in the 50s, and I love that Paul Newman movie, Somebody Up There Likes Me, where they bill it as a Paul Newman movie, but it's really Cassavetes with Newman as kind of an unknown at the time. Um, So thank you for mentioning that, because we we feel as we move into streaming and nothing against new films that... uh, um, I always have a saying, if, if, if one more person says to me, who's John Ford... Um, oh my God! Can you imagine? I, not, can you imagine? Yeah, can you? Imagine? I'm not violent, otherwise I would smack people. It's kind of like, many, or the, you know, or you get people who go, I can't watch Hitchcock, but I loved this thriller, and it's like, um, it's like right. saying you <laughs> like your grandpa and you don't like your dad, like so. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, I mean, you have to look at it in terms of a template. Who influenced who prior? Right, them, right. You know, kind of, I mean, Wells is influenced by uh, John Ford, you know? Right. He's like, all right, he's got, you know, all right, we, we all kind of probably know the, 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 the story, so to speak, of, you know, with Citizen Kane, but all of that, his influences, you know, were inspired by, you know, Stagecoach, you know, with John Ford. Right. So his, right. his impact and his influence of filmmaking was perceived through the eyes of John Ford or Greg Toland. You know what I mean? Oh, Greg Toland. Oh, that's, yeah. So, so when you look at filmmakers, I mean, 
I mean, if you look at if you look at the searchers, I mean, I, would would you know, would you know, Paul Schrader have written the structure, the style of Taxi Driver without you know, if the searchers was never made, you know what I mean? I mean or the, the um, the searchers where uh, when he comes back and his house is burned, I always tell people I'm like. George Lucas didn't invent that in Star Wars where the sand people right. draw him away and then Luke's house is on sure. fire. I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, the, you know. the, influences, the influences are everywhere. But I also think that for me is that I do study film. You know, I, from a, as a kid, I made Super 8 movies. I don't know how many movies, many, many movies. But film has always been a foundation for me. It's kind of given me, you know, an opportunity to go to, go to school as an athlete and having film always as a foundation. But, you know, studying filmmakers is 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 imperative to know know their not only their more importantly their their style of filmmaking but their view of life you know when you look at john ford you know his films have this ritualistic element you know you see very similar shots you see a very similar you know you see a cohesiveness in the cast you always see the same actors you know you see a ward bond or you know you know um uh uh, Walter Brennan, of course, of course, you know, John Wayne, but you see a consistency of, you know, similar actors over a body of work, over 140 movies or so, you know what I mean? Not always with the same actors, but give and take most of the same actors and crew. And so he has a very ritualistic kind of approach to filmmaking, which is his point of view of life. You know, it was about a family. His films are about family and it's about a protection of that family and about yes. influences, so to speak. So when you look at, you know, you look at Spielberg, you look at, um, you look at uh, Coppola. Coppola to me is all about, well, Spielberg, Coppola, uh, De Palma for that matter. You know, you've got, uh, obviously, I'm a, huge, a big, big, big uh, inspiration. You know, I'm inspired by uh, uh, Martin Scorsese. But you see their movies, you see very similar patterns and the same kind of attitude and approach to their stories. So then you have a guy, anybody who wants to go out and make a movie, they're like, well, what do I want to make a movie about? Do you want to make a movie about what you've been influenced by, by other filmmakers? You've got to go out there and experience life. You've got to have, you've got to get, you've got to, you've got to, to me, I mean, that's why I, I feel like I'm sort of at a place in my life where it's, it's time for me to kind of, you know, express in a way that I, I have things to, I have, I have, I have something to, something to express. You know, and I think yeah. that, that that your 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 uh, approach to your point of view and your 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 creative visual uh, uh, look on things, they need to kind of, you know, they need to come right at each other, and then 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 that's when you're really inspired, and then you can't think it. You're just that's what it's, it's the only thing that's on your mind. That's all you think about. I mean, I have a I have a movie, I have a projector, a movie running all the time now on a project I'm working on. And, oh no! Uh, that, that's, yeah. yeah, I mean that's that seems like the only way the only way to fly. And I I feel so bad. This is always the toughest time of the show. I just got the seventy second marker of coming to a close. And I know movie talk is always so hard to wrap up. So if you could just plug a, if you could just plug a, I felt so bad to cut you off, but if you could just plug a website for us. And then we'll update the audience, and then I'll do, and then I'll do my sign off. But thank you so much for joining us today, John and Jim. Yeah, no, guys, I really appreciate it, Jim. Thank you, Paul. Always thank you. It's terrific. I mean, we got you know our website, our websites. You know, it's it's uh, you know we've got if you I mean it's a Facebook uh, um, website which is 
It's just uh, it's just Facebook.com backslash Wolves of Savin Hill. Also, we also have um, we also have which is our, our you know our uh, web page, which is uh, Wolves of Savin Hill dot Wix dot com, and that has you know everything in regards to the movie, the trailer, and contact information and all that stuff, and. You know the awards. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, the awards and things of that nature, and, and information on the film and the cast and all that stuff. So, so, um, but, uh, but, but also the other, the next thing that I'm I'm working on too, which we we touched on briefly, which I know we're coming to a close, but it's again it's being inspired. And the next thing I'm working on is a uh, sort of a moment in time regarding my brother Rich Hill, who's a baseball player for the Boston Red Sox, and about four games in September and how he was uh, able to kind of sort of uh, find his moment in time as a starting pitcher again uh, playing in the major leagues and how he had to overcome some per- personal tragedy and, and, uh, and how he, uh, he, how he able, really, how he came back into his own as a starting pitcher to become one of the best pitchers in baseball, left-handed pitchers playing for the Boston Red Sox. He had quite, quite an amazing journey coming back, playing, coming back and uh, through the, uh, 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 coming back to play for the Boston Red Sox, so that is uh, that's what's uh, next on my plate, and um, and we're really we're really excited for Wolves of Seven Hill. You know, we're gonna we're we're in the in the distribution process, a couple more festivals, and uh, we're really excited about that. So, yeah, well, yeah definitely. Let us know, and, and we'll we'll stay in touch on the baseball thing because uh, I love every baseball team, but the Yankees. So I'm sure you can relate to that. So. <laughs> uh, so the Red Sox are all good to me. I love Big Poppy. I've been to Fenway. I've seen my favorite team, the Angels, play there. So yeah, it's all about the right. Sox. Right. Okay, so, I I want to jump in real quick and say that I I truly appreciate it and what you had to say. I, I did appreciate that. And please be open. You know, to if we can have you on again, it would be a pleasure. Oh yeah. Oh no! Absolutely, guys. Uh, absolutely, I, I would love to. That would be great. I really appreciate asking. Anytime, anytime. Yes, and please awesome. also, John. With uh, the last thing I want to say is, um, please feel free. Um, we never expect it, but uh, we do have some guests who have referred friends. So just know that if um, you know we get approached by a lot of people and they just, you know, they just uh, want this or that, but. Uh, if you have a, another friend who's hitting the festival circuit or doing a film and, you know, just tell them to contact me, say your name, I'll make sure, sure. that you actually sent them. And, you know, because we just want to, you know, connect yeah. as filmmakers and artists. And so it'd be fantastic. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I do have a, you know, I have uh, many, many, many friends and colleagues and so forth that are in the process, whether the, their films are completed or in the they're in, you know, they're uh, about to uh, uh, shoot, so to speak, uh, the next film. So I've got a lot of friends that have got a lot of a lot of things in, in motion. Uh, so, so yeah, right. no no question about that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's all good. Always welcome, and thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll get this episode to you within about a week. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I really appreciate it, Jim. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, and we'll we'll stay in touch for sure. Okay. Take care. Thank Have you. a good day, John. All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay, you there, Jim? Yeah, yes. 
Yes. Okay, it stayed connected. Uh, it lost like the last minute and a half, but I'll just have the sound editor chop it. Um, but everything went cool. It sounded perfect. It came across great. And, uh, yeah. That was a delight, Paul. He's really, he, he's a great guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had, I've shared a number of emails with him, but I had no clue. I mean, obviously, um, how uh how how nice he was and that was just that was just really uh fantastic. I mean I, I was almost sitting here stunned being like, Can every episode go like this? Yeah, I enjoyed <laughs> that so much. <laughs> I was like um yeah, I'm like we try to get episodes to sound like this and it's just sounding like this. Yeah, yeah, and that, you see, she shared so, that he was so open on that, and, you know, like, just his awareness and his willingness to share that. He he gave me, when he explained in the beginning especially what it was like to get that award, I got chicken skin. Uh, okay, yeah, because it's a really cool award, and it's a... It's a really cool thing the festival does, and I had only learned about it last year, obviously, and it was cool how they had Behringer, so there's not a lot of mystique around it, or it's accessible, and and Behringer makes it even more accessible, so it's really, um, I'm really glad that he got to explain that more and go into it, and um, yeah, that was just... Uh, I was just sitting there kind of floored. I was like, gosh, this is, I think this is what hosting is. You don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And wait a minute. I, I just, it was a delight to hear him refer back to a lineage and to mention point blank. And I'm going, this young man knows his stuff. He's, you know, how you, you know, love movies and you, you, you're, uh, knowledge of it goes back, and he, he, to see that in him also to hear that, that sound that was just a light. All right, well, Jim, you keep bringing it up, but I already told you I know everything, so yeah, yes, I, yes, I don't yes. need the compliments anymore. You, you know, by now you should know. I don't uh, know if I well, can remind you anymore. Well, you know, with your basic insecurity and inability to just bounce and uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but you've never been wrong. You've never been wrong. Uh, see, finally someone admits it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was um, that was just totally cool. I just got to get that uh, shape up that last, that last minute there. And... Um, it might be well, what are you going to do with that last minute? Because it just seemed like such the whole thing, even the, the you know the last minute was such a nice wrap up. He gave so well, the, much well, at that. Point. Well, the problem is, is we cut off like right when he started that last two minutes, and so I get like a three minute marker, a ninety minute mark, ninety second marker. So when I said there's ninety seconds. Um, that yeah. was the time to like rap. So basically, there was one time this happened to where um, uh, what my sound editor did was was there was a word where the guy was pausing, 
So he just kind of made it go down and it just made it sound like there might have been something technical, but nobody would have really cared. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just sending a note to my, um, to the sound editor to say, you know, within a week, you know, we need the, what's today's date? 1030. Yeah. Yes. I'll just say he talked. um, I'll just say the guest spoke over the end. So can you mix out the last word? Can you, uh, if it's recorded, aren't there pauses that he can cut out that would give time for that last little bit? Um, no, because we were off the air for that last two minutes. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, that's what I was wondering. Uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um oh, what a delight. Yeah, it was um you know, I'm just such a good host and I'm the boss, so Yeah. Well wait a minute, I loved the you know, when we were uh that one lady that does the interviews for the film institute. Right. She had questions and then just let that person, you know, do their rift. And you were, you know, I I really appreciated that you, because I know that you like to be involved in talking. And you just, you so graciously just gave him his reins and just let him run. Oh, right. Well, plus it was, um, I'm calling you on your other line just because I got to end this episode. So that's me calling on the other line. Okay. Real quick. Uh, 